Earned media in public relations can really pay dividends. Without any relationship, we are nothing to the customer and the customer is nothing to us. Things are becoming less transactional and more about relationship building, creating that long-term connection through earned media. Earned media is, of course, earning the customer's respect, absolutely, but it's also creating that long-term connection. And you could make good money as a social media influencer. We also have the development of algorithmics marketing. We're collecting people's data in a way that's completely unprecedented in a way that many people who are on these platforms don't even understand. It is very easy for influencers, let's say, who make their money off of their presence in this industry to find themselves in an incredibly oversaturated market. The more literate people become in a digital sense, the more discerning they are. This is the language of business podcast to inform and inspire entrepreneurs. Anyone thinking about a startup or a business pivot or just getting underway and looking for some help. Hear from experts who've been there and done that. Learn about strategies that work and strategies that don't work. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Our host is Greg Stoller, Harvard MBA and senior lecturer at Boston University Questrom School of Business. In this episode, Greg Stoller talks with Nikki Wang, who became a social media influencer by understanding her customer. But first, Oliver Poor learns how earned media is key to success in public relations. Here's Greg. Thank you, Don. How likely is it for older professors to teach their newer students the latest tricks when it comes to PR, or is tradition still tradition? We're on location with Oliver Poor, who is a public relations student in the College of Communications at Boston University, and welcome to the Language of Business. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me today, Greg. It's a pleasure. I'm super excited. Oliver, what are the latest innovations you've learned in the past couple of years studying communications at Boston University? I think one of the main innovations, and I wouldn't even know if this is considered innovation, but the fact that it's constantly adapted is through earned media. For years now, we've realized that businesses have tried to gain customers through their own content. When Facebook was created, when Instagram was created, you could see companies trying to dominate their own scene. But through earned media, which I've learned in PR, the aspect getting your customers and your community base to reach their own communities, to get them as new customers and new people across your own networks, that is truly what the innovation is. It's nothing new, but it's really all centered around this concept of listening to your customers and listening to your communities. Is it a matter of people earning one another's respect or are you defining earned media in a different fashion? There's definitely different areas of context within it. Earned media is, of course, earning the customer's respect, absolutely. But it's also building that relationship. And that's exactly what public relations has taught me. Without any relationship, we are nothing to the customer and the customer is nothing to us. And things are becoming less transactional and more about relationship building, creating that long-term connection. In your past two internships and your future job at Luminance, is there something that you wish you had learned in class but haven't studied so far? The skills I've learned within school, whether that's in PR, during my time in CGS, my first two years, across my four years as a whole, the one aspect that I've learned is not the skills that you could put on paper. So not, let's just say, be able to write an incredibly great paper. It's more like the skills that you need in your everyday. So great communication, strong relationship building, problem solving. These are the skills I've been able to use in internships. And those are the skills that interviewers were looking for when looking at full-time. And those are the skills that I hope to continue to develop. As you think about your core and intellectual classes that you've taken in the past couple of years, how many have focused on traditional PR concepts 
or rather social media or e-commerce instead? Yeah, I had started actually as a political science major and I realized that a lot of the courses that I was taking, the entry-level courses were all just fact-based. So being able to learn what happened, when it happened, and why it happened. I had a conversation with a PR professor in actually the Build Lab on campus, and they had told me a little bit more about what it means to be a PR student. And I'd seen that the skills you learn is more than just knowledge, but actually like things you're going to utilize in your everyday, whether you realize it or not. Then how would you define public relations in the here and now? I think one aspect, like I'm going into an account executive role, I'm going to be in artificial intelligence sales. One thing that I wish BU had was a sales program here. I know every single company has their own way on how they want to sell. For example, when I was working at Paycom, it was payroll sales. It was very much a hustle mentality as sales is as a whole. But when I was working at Sprinkler during my junior year spring, it was relationship build selling. So it's very different. But these are the types of things I wish I could learn across sales minor that could have been there. Oliver, what are the latest innovations you've studied in the past couple of years as a student in the College of Communications at Boston University? They were teaching me the, the skills you needed in order to understand what public relations actually is. What is public relations? What does that term mean? What does the phrase mean? And, and as many different aspects of it, without being able to understand the basics, you're not going to be able to become an expert. What is the biggest challenge that social media is going to face in the next two years? I've been learning a lot about sales through you know, just scrolling on LinkedIn, following some great sales leaders. I think that is key. I think what I'll know from public relations is the skills that I've learned, like relationship building, communication. These are things that I'm going to use, you know, for past my career and in, in my own life. But it's really the aspect of how social media will be a powerful tool. There's different aspects of it. There's going to be new aspects as I get into my future career. And I'm just excited to see it. Oliver, thank you very much. Of course. Oliver Poor, a soon-to-graduate student from the College of Communications at Boston University. Back to you, Don. Thanks, Greg. Next up, we hear from Nikki Wang, who made a lot of money as a social media influencer when the language of business continues. I didn't even realize what it meant to be in a top tier business school until my first day. And I just really, for the first time, felt like I was in a place where everybody knew what was going on and everyone was incredibly driven to study this and perfect this field. And so I think being in a top business school really means that you are finding the barriers and the edges of the field and pushing them a little farther. And that's what Questrom has taught me over the past four years. The curriculum at Questrom is really helpful because you get to not only study the basics of business, such as accounting or marketing, but you really get to dive further in and to see applications of the health sector and how business applies to sustainability efforts around the world. They really want us to kind of focus it on four emerging areas, and those areas were healthcare, security, sustainability, and technology. Those are really where the jobs are going to be. They really want us to come out from the Questrom School of Business and, like I said, be able to work in any area of the industry. Interested? Go to bu.edu slash Questrom. You're listening to the Language of Business podcast. We learned about earned media in public relations. Now we'll hear how to make money as a social media influencer. Back to Greg Stoller. Thank you, Don. Is being a successful social media influencer a full-time job or rather a part-time passion? We're on location with Nikki Huang, a student at Boston University, studying both sociology and business. And welcome to the Language of Business. Thank you, Professor Stoller. It's our pleasure. Nikki, what does it mean to be a social influencer? I think it's a very good question you pose, Professor. 
I feel that being a social influencer has so many different definitions in this day and age, but I guess for the context that we're speaking of at the moment, it means being able to drive people's tastes and consumption habits by displaying your own. And is this your full-time job or part-time passion? Well, for me in particular, it's definitely a very part-time passion, but for many people I know in the industry, it is a full-time job and arguably a very viable way of making an income. And how have you been able to monetize your social media outreach in the past six to 12 months? I have been able to monetize my activity, but I think I'll speak to my friends who are professional influencers. Again, as I said, it's their main source of income through mostly brand deals, different endorsements. And, you know, once they reach a certain status as an influencer, the attendance of different events, keynote speeches, etc., um, all are means of monetizing the work that they do. And what does it mean to be monetizing something? Are you generating revenue directly from your social media and other related online activities? Well, I don't generate a constant stream of income myself, but I have had different brand deals and projects where I'm being compensated for the pictures that I post, the video coverage that I do. I don't know if I can give more details, but usually it's a brand who asks me to be photographed with their product, to use it, to try it out, give my thoughts and opinions, review the product, and that's usually the scope of the work that I do. And is this classic product placement or are NFT something else entirely? Well, for me, it's product placement. For a good friend of mine, she's actually got it into NFTs. But I'll speak more to product placement. I think it's very interesting because people sometimes have this perception that influencers are just paid a bunch of money to market whatever product they want to. But I'd argue that the most successful influencers are actually quite discerning in the products or the services that they decide to market. And actually, often the way that it happens is that you, as a consumer on your own, you try different services, different products. And what ends up happening is the brand notices that you're posting, that the use is genuine. And from that, you end up with a brand deal or a sponsorship. What is the biggest challenge that social media is going to face in the next two years? Social media, professor, not yes. the industry. Okay, social media, that's a... That's very complicated because I think what we see with social media is that it's so unpredictable because there are so many stakeholders within the digital space and everyone has quite a bit of power. Obviously, some actors have more power than others, but because of the communal nature and the crowd-based nature of social media, it can go in so many different directions and we don't know what's going to happen. We also have the development of algorithmics marketing. We're collecting people's data in a way that's completely unprecedented, in a way that many people who are on these platforms don't even understand. And so there are ethical concerns because of the pervasiveness of social media. It is very easy for influencers, let's say, who make their money off of their presence in this industry to find themselves in an incredibly oversaturated market. This is difficult because the more literate people become in a digital sense, the more discerning they are. So traditional marketing techniques, like you'll see on Business of Fashion, traditional influencer marketing techniques are becoming less and less effective. While they are still incredibly effective compared to your more classic marketing styles, advertisements and magazines, etc. It's becoming more and more difficult because so many people are trying to become influencers. So many brands, even smaller brands who are only able to get access because of the availability of social media to everyone are trying to give their products or their services to influencers. It's an incredibly oversaturated market in this sense. That's the biggest problem that social media is going to face. Nikki, thank you. Nikki Huang joining us on the language of business as a sociology and business student at Boston University and a social media influencer. Back to you, Don. Thanks, Greg. Support for the language of business is from Boston University Questrom School of Business. We're available wherever you get podcasts or ask Alexa.
Social media is by Jennifer Powell of the Excellent Writers Group. Music by Randy Barth of Oswee Media. Consulting producer is Helen Tierney of Happy Accident Productions. Audio production, editing, and voiceover by yours truly. Special thanks to Mike Carruthers of somethingyoushouldknow.net. For Greg Stoller and the entire team, I'm Don Kelly. Thanks for listening to The Language of Business.